Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers Daily is back with your Monday edition. Welcome to Player Profiles and a very special guest on this episode of Flyers Daily. That's right, it is your Monday edition of Flyers Daily. Jason Martinez with you, and uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. We always appreciate it. Always can drop me a line on Twitter, at Jason Mert. Anything podcast-related, questions, concerns, considerations, we tend to go through those, and we will on this episode as well. I asked a pointed question uh, on my Twitter feed uh, for people to respond and how they're dealing with no hockey, no Flyers hockey, no NHL at this time. We'll get to that at the back end of this episode. Again, just to reiterate, we are on a Monday-Wednesday format right now for Flyers Daily, and as the pandemic continues and the hockey hiatus remains, we'll continue to keep you updated, and we're going to start our Player Profiles series tonight. Start with Scott Lawton tonight. Uh, we're also going to do Justin Braun on Wednesday, the new acquisition this season by Chuck Fletcher, to help uh, add some veteran presence along with Matt Niskan into that blue line, and also Nicholas Albe-Kubel, a guy who's had a very surprising season for the Flyers and has provided tremendous depth scoring, some toughness, and good fourth-line play all season long. And we'll go through and we'll go through this roster as long as needed here during the hockey hiatus. Uh, but joining us tonight to uh, lend his thoughts and words about Scott Lawton, we bring in right now Steve Coates to Flyers Daily. Coatsy, how you doing? Well, Jason, I, under the circumstances uh, of what's going on in the world right now, I, I'd say that uh, uh, the family's good, and um, we're just trying to take a day-to-day and just hope this gets away uh, or goes away very quickly. Yeah, no question. And, uh, Coatsy, one of the things is they say if you live long enough, you see it all. But, boy, I didn't know that I'd ever see anything like this. I didn't know that uh, you'd see anything like this. And to kind of put a halt to the sports world and just the world in general, uh, what's it been like for you just kind of going from, you know, 400 miles an hour of an NHL season coming down the home stretch and then all of a sudden, boom, the brakes are slammed and everybody's kind of uh, quarantined to their homes? You know me as well as anybody, Jason. I'm ADD, so for me to be cooped up in a house, it's not going to work too well. Um, my wife told me the other day that I should pick up gardening. <laughs> I said, the only thing that I could do is dig the hole. After that, you're on your own. So, <laughs> you don't dig that hole six feet deep, Coatsy. <laughs> yeah. So I think that if I'm talking about building, this is, this is drastic measures. Is there social distancing going on at your house? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. For medical reasons, yes. <laughs> My wife invented the term. <laughs> uh, before we get into uh, Scott Lawton and, and the player profile that we're doing on this episode, um, I'm going to ask you real quick because there's been some, you know, some reports out there how the league uh, may return when it does. And obviously, none of us know what the timeline is going to be on that just yet. We don't know exactly how long this pandemic is going to last, how long it's going to keep, you know, sports off the, uh, uh, you know, from playing and whether that's baseball. Uh, hockey in the NBA, certainly, but we've heard some reports, and we know from the league that uh, you know they want to get the culmination of this season to go through 70 games and not hand out the cup uh, would be another tragedy in this whole thing. Um, but there, you know, some of the reports out there maybe expanding the playoff field to 24 teams and uh, having some play-in situations, or there was a supposed players' uh, proposal that went around where they would open up training camps in early July and then uh, go right into uh, finish the regular season late July and then run a playoff from August to September. Have you given any of the thought uh, to any of those things that make any sense to you? Would that one work? Are you in favor of one or uh, any of the others? 
I'm in favor of anything to be able to provide uh, some financial restitution to the teams that are going to the 31 teams or any of the teams in any kind of sport to, to try to get money back that they've lost. That's just a business decision. I mean, how they do it is going to be – there's a lot of different combinations here because you want to be fair. When you take a look at the, the playoff scenarios, there's so many teams that are close. There's a disparity in games played, games remaining. And if you did it by percentage, win percentage, and ended it now, all these different things come into play. I just think at this time, because this is a, it's a time that nobody ever dreamt uh, we're going through. So what do you do that's going to be most beneficial to your business? Not especially to individual teams, but to the National Hockey League and its ability to be able to continue to work and, 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 and be successful as it's been. I would think that there could be a combination. I'm just kind of, you know, talking off the cuff here about a combination of bringing in the teams that are still eligible. In other words, teams that uh, are right on the edge and have a tournament. Somehow bring it down to uh, a, a group of teams, move on. In other words, you have a play-in situation. Yeah. And then after your play-in, you could have a three out of five and a four out of seven and a four out of seven, if the time allows. But still an opportunity to gain revenue, to let the fans watch hockey again, something they're going to miss, something they have an opportunity to watch the Stanley Cup, and at the same time benefit, and I would include all the teams that don't even make the playoffs, to try to benefit everybody by having a playoff when time is allowed to to help everybody in the National Hockey League at least try to get some kind of return heading into next year. Yeah, and you make a good point, Coach, because they're, you know, if it were to just end here, they would lose 20% of their revenue and, you know, a ton of money with the playoff losses and everything that goes along with that. Not only that, Coach, but one of the players' considerations and owners as well because of that loss, you know, they split revenue half, you know, down the middle is salary cap next year. Would they, if they did that, would they have to bring in a compliance buyout perhaps to help teams, that, you know, that were planning on a much higher cap but, uh, you know, didn't get it or, do they consider, you know, a, a situation where, you know, players' escrows could get upwards of 20%? You don't know how much of that you're going to get back? So there's a lot of things in play here. Oh, there's a lot of moving parts. And nobody, I don't think anybody could actually stand up and say that, yeah, we thought that would happen one day. No. I, I just don't believe that. I, I I thought the financial crisis in 2008 was going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. And this is, this is well and beyond because it touches so many people. Touches everybody, everybody. Yeah. So to be able to sit back and understand how you're going to make your business right, because when business does come back, it's going to flourish. People are going to be excited. They want to go to hockey games. They want to go to NBA games. They want to go see the sports that they, they love to watch because they're just they're they're ready to go. They want to get out of the house. That's going to be the big question. Yeah, there's going to be a lot. You're right. There's going to be a lot of pent up demand. People are going crazy right now without it. Matter of fact, at the end of this episode, I'm going to read tweets from a lot of people and how they're coping without it, um, coping with a lot of stuff right now. Coach, real quick before we move on to Scott Lawton, too, as I sit here uh, upon taping, uh, NBC Sports Philly is running the 2010 Game 7 against the Boston Bruins, uh, where they got down 3 nothing in that Game 7, and then they just scored, by the way, to tie it. Danny Briere tied it at 11:21 of the second period to tie it at 3, and that we know that timeout that Peter Laviolette called. Uh, you were along for that ride as I was as well, and you know as improbable as it was to come back from down 0-3 in the series, 
but to also come down from 03 in Game 7 is still got to be one of the, the highlights of your broadcasting career, I'd imagine. Oh, wow. What a night that was. I remember standing in the Zamboni entrance, and we went down 3 nothing. And, I, you know, you're down 3 nothing Game 7 in, uh, you know, enemy territory. Uh, I'd known we had come back and kept coming back right up to the final game that year when Bush stood on his head against the New York Rangers first to make the playoff. Um, and then on top of that, to be able to continue on against the Boston Bruins, being down 3 nothing, tied 3-3. Now here we are down 3 nothing, and say, okay, that's it. I even said to the bus driver, our bus driver was standing beside me and said, I don't think, I don't think this is going to happen tonight. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. And it just kept coming and just kept coming. And that was just what that team was all about. It was a special team. And they understood their ability to be able to do that. And that'll be part of Finals history that had ended up in a sad uh, way, but still at a time where that was just a wow. And I give a lot of credit to everybody in that hockey club. And Peter and let's time out. Peter was a guy that was masterful in understanding when to take a timeout. Absolutely masterful at it. And, and that was probably the big key. It was the big key in that game seven. Yeah, and what that timeout did was it, it simplified it for the players, didn't it? It said, guys, just get one here before the end of this period. And, and it made a little step seem a lot easier than a 3 nothing deficit to accomplish one little goal, and we'll build on that. And, I mean, Boston was buzzing in that first period. Then the Flyers came out and dictated in the second, and we know what happened in the third when Gagne scored. Incredible stuff. It's, it's absolutely amazing to just think that in a game seven that the Flyers could come back in another building and win that hockey game. I mean, I'm still, I have to pinch myself thinking about that because to watch it and see it, and you just said it, like, just peck away and peck away and peck away. And boy, boy, that was a, a masterful job that they did. Well, speaking of masterful jobs, Coatsy, let's go into uh, this season. Flyers uh, at the pause at sec- the second spot in the Metropolitan Division, nipping at the Washington Capitals' heels. Um, and, and they, you know, go through everything this year with a new coaching staff and a general manager's putting his stamp on the team, a couple of uh, trade acquisitions uh, at the deadline to really put his team in a great position, uh, you know, fighting off some injuries as well. Obviously, Nolan Patrick hasn't played all year, and we know that uh, JVR was out with the hand injury, and if they do resume, well, we'll see if he is back and how he's doing, and obviously, you know, other players, including Phil Myers as well. Uh, but one of the guys that's really kind of – the kind of the uh, you know the straw that stirs the drink is Scott Lawton, and that's the guy that's the focus of this player profile. Um, when you look at Scott Lawton's game, and he's having a career season, and mind you, he's having a career season in 49 games, not 82 thus far. Uh, what is it about his game that's gone to a different level for you? Well, I'm going to have to go back and remember the first time I met Scotty Lawton um, at the trial on the aisle after he'd been our number one draft pick. And he was a big-time scorer coming out of Oshawa with the Oshawa General Ontario Junior Hockey League. And, you know, every, every kid's got a different demeanor when they come in. All of a sudden, some come in humble, some come in a little cocky, which you, you don't mind that either. But he was always a quality guy, a gentleman. And he understood that he was in a new environment. He wanted to play hockey. And, and, and I think he was obviously a little nervous, too, because when you come in as a big-time scorer, then there's high expectations, and he never really, right at the beginning, those expectations weren't met for what they wanted when they drafted him as a big-time scorer. 
He's a big guy, can skate, can shoot. Uh, but that didn't happen. So he kind of went, basically it was an emotional roller coaster for him. He was in the minors, came back, he was in the minors. He's been fourth line, he's been third line. Sometimes he's been in, 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 you know, in the second line. But they, they've looked for new places for him. He came in as a center. They made him a left winger, then they made him a center, and he's been back and forth with it. But the bottom line to my thought process on Scott Lawton is, first of all, he has remade himself. He's remade himself into a player that you need to have on your hockey club to be successful. A guy that you can play in all positions. He plays five on five. He's a great penalty killer. Um, He can play center. He can play left wing. He can play tough. And he brings an element on a nightly basis that, you got to have. And that's what Scott Lawton's about right now. And I, I just, I'm so happy to see him develop into where he is right now because he's, as I said, a character guy. And you know how tough it is to all of a sudden be a big time scorer, number one draft pick, high expectations, all of a sudden doesn't happen. It's not there in front of you. But a lot of players would quit, a lot of players would get a bad attitude. He never did. He always had a good attitude, he always worked at it. And now it's paying off. And this hockey club, I mean, the sad part is that this hockey club was coming together as a real candidate for some things to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And he's a huge part of that success. And hopefully we can continue once this is over. Yeah, very well said, Coach. Because in in the 2016-17 season, he was sent down to the Phantoms for the entire year to go down there and kind of re-figure out what his role at the NHL level would be. Now he went down, he had 19 goals and 20 assists in 60 games. And you're right, when he was in juniors with Oshawa in his last year there, in 54 games, he scored 40 goals and then 47 assists for 87 points. But scoring in juniors is a lot different than scoring in the NHL. And when you look at it this year, and and you're right, he's such a character guy and such a good guy. He had a stretch in six straight games of their last eight. Six straight games where he had nine points, Three goals, six assists, a plus ten. And this is a guy who's playing his best hockey in the NHL right now. Yeah, the number speaks for himself. I overuse this expression, but I'll say it again. There's a different time of maturation for players coming out of junior, coming out of college, both mentally and physically. You just said it. Playing in junior hockey and playing against men in the National Hockey is like night and day. So all of a sudden, you come into the National Hockey League, and well, everything's happening in front of you faster. And you're not ready for it. And so playing in the minors in the American Hockey League, it's harder to play in the American Hockey League than the National Hockey League because guys all over the place. In the National Hockey League, you play a system. In the American Hockey League, they're kind of a little bit all over the place because they're trying, they're trying harder. Do you know what I mean? They, they want to a little less structure, time, yeah. But they do it, yeah, the state lady. He went down and he learned, and he understood Every hockey club loves to have is a guy that understands what he has to do to be successful, what he has to be to, to be uh, a contributor to his to teammates, and he's just a perfect teammate, and he's done it all. And you just see the numbers out. I mean, he is absolutely getting better and better. I don't know if we be able to see the, the peak now. He, he could end up being a guy that uh, is just a, the flat-out necessity of your hockey club. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny because, Coatsy, right after the trade deadline in Elliott Friedman's uh, 31 Thoughts column, uh, kind of recapping the trade deadline at that time, Freed put in there that uh, several calls were made to the Flyers to Chuck Fletcher um, for a guy like Scott Lawton. 
And one of his sources that wasn't Chuck Fletcher said he couldn't hang the phone up fast enough. Chuck Fletcher realizes what he has in the player as well. Absolutely. And that's why Chuck Fletcher has done such a heck of a job with this hockey team. I mean, just think of the way this hockey club has evolved this year. With the additions of Hayes, Niskanen, uh, Ron back in the blue line, uh, uh, Alan Vigneault and his coaching staff done a great job. Let's say the maturity of Carter Hart, Brian Elliott doing a great job also. All the different things that have come together, and I think that's a tribute to Chuck putting together the parts that needed to be put together, and then Alan Vigneault taking it and making it what it had to be. And it was just it was getting better and better every night. And it's going to be a, a lot to look forward to, both if, if we happen to play a playoff and heading into the next season. Yeah, that, you're right. That's the part that's good about it is this is not a team that's built for a one-and-done playoff run. And thanks to you know that organizational depth that you have with guys like Scott Lawton at the NHL level, but also what you got coming in guys like Morgan Frost and Isaac Ratcliffe and you know Cam York and Igor Zamula, there's a ton of depth there. Certainly a great situation. Hey, there certainly is, Coatsy. Hey, Coatsy, thanks for doing this, man. We're going to be checking in with you uh, throughout the pause, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time. I knew you had some, some thoughts about Scott Lawton, and I wanted, to, wanted the people to hear them right from you. I love talking about Scott Lawton. He's a, a real tribute to the Philadelphia Flyers, and hopefully I uh, see you before I hear from you on this show again and we can get back to work. Uh, I would love that, Coatsy. Thanks for doing it, man. Okay, Very special thanks to Steve Coates for joining us here on Flyers Daily. Great guy to talk about, Scott Lawton. I know that he really appreciates Lawton's game. And Scott Lawton, 13 goals, 14 assists in 49 games this year, .55 goals per game on the season. He's got that 27 points. He's got seven multi-point games, uh, three straight two-point games from 222 to uh, the next three games there, and then 222 to 35. March 5th, in a six-game stretch, like I brought up to Coatsy, nine points, three goals, six assists, plus 10. Uh, tremendous year for Scott Lawton, and that kind of depth scoring that you're getting from uh, guys like Scott Lawton are the reasons why the team is in the second spot in the Metropolitan Division, and it's why they were poised uh, to make a run into the playoffs when you have that kind of depth scoring. He kills penalties. He does all the little things as well, not to mention just from a uh, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes perspective, one of the great guys to deal with day in and day out. A true professional, a really good guy, and a great guy to have on the team. And was very happy to hear that Chuck Fletcher couldn't hang the phone up fast enough when calls were coming in at the trade deadline for a guy like Scott Lawton. And again, you go back to his junior days, and tremendous scorer at Oshawa in his last year there. And that last year with the Oshawa Generals in 2013-14, in 54 games, 87 points, 40 goals, 47 assists. And uh, a plus 12 on that season. And uh, he, he certainly found his NHL game at this point. But I put out a question on Twitter. Again, at Jason Mert on Twitter is where you can find me. And I tend to go through social media quite often here on Flyers Daily. Uh, I want to get the pulse of the people and uh, kind of get what they're feeling these days. And with this hockey hiatus, is I know it's been tough on a lot of people. Obviously, what's going on in the world is very tough. Uh, but, you know, one of the great things about sports and the great things about Flyers hockey is it tends to take our mind off of the the real life things uh, you know that, that you have to deal with day in and day out, and it's a great distraction, and that's what, one of the reasons why we love it. So I asked the question on Twitter, and it's a real simple one. And I just asked this: I said, I want to get the answer in your words to this question to the people. With no sports, no hockey, and no flyers, 
how are you feeling without hockey right now? And Tim Tobin responds, and he's a frequent responder, a great guy. says, it just sucks, you know. The world has bigger problems right now, but it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Especially when this team had a chance to create some great playoff moments and then to add no men's league hockey for guys like us as well is a further gut punch. And that's it's a great way of summing it up. Corner Pub Sports checks in, and they said, thinking they, he says, uh, we're thinking that uh, they won't finish the year if they don't start until June. Thinking even with advanced systems, have a hard time thinking the ice surface is going to be in good condition when it's 95 degrees outside. Yeah, so that's part of the equation. You know, in markets like Tampa, is it going to be possible if Arizona makes the playoffs? The heat there is not as much humidity there, but in a place like Tampa, there's a lot of humidity if they're playing in July. Can they find machines to suck that humidity out of the building and make the surface playable? That's a big concern. Hales Bales 0301 says, I'm very disappointed. I think this season is likely canceled or going to be, and I think the Flyers had a legit shot to make a deep run. The Flyers were a pleasant escape from the grind of every day with three kids at home and can't wait for sports to come back. And I, I'm with you there. Justin Sign, right with you as well. He says, effing miss it. Flyers in almost, uh, almost just any NHL games. I miss any sport and how great uh, the Flyers were doing in the push for the playoffs. Now it seems mystical and a dream right now with the stoppage, but years we wanted this and now this happens? Yeah, it's crazy. That's the thing. You go, oh, man, we're finally back in the mix. Can do some damage. And then a, a pandemic comes along, of all things. Um, jo- John Giuliano says, I'm not as lost as I thought I would be, but having a newborn might help with that right now. And that's a good point, man. You, you got your hands full, no doubt about it. And being uh, basically on lockdown with a newborn, no easy task as well. Dirty Dan says, it's been very difficult without the Flyers, Philly sports, and watching other sports in general because I don't have a ton of interest outside of sports. They're a major part of my life from beginning of a, a sport management major in college and growing up as a Philly sports fan. Yeah, sport, that's the thing. And Dirty Dan's right. Like, it means so much to us. We invest so much in our teams and our sports. It's hard to fathom how we're getting by right now without them, but we understand the situation. But it is still, it doesn't make it any easier. It is tough getting by when you don't have, you know, the sports that you love to watch and, and enjoy and, and get that entertainment and, you know, the thrill of defeat and the agony of defeat and all that stuff that goes with it. Sean Lynn tweets and he says, I've honestly been going insane. <laughs> we were on such a roll that the Armed Forces Network was actually showing almost all of the Flyer games. I never realized how much we take sports for granted until they all go away. First of all, Sean, uh, you're obviously in the service and I thank you for your service and you're right. Uh, the team was showing up on, on the big stage again, beating some of the best teams in the league, a lot of the best teams in the league, and they're up in that upper echelon of teams in the NHL, and to have that all go away, we'll see if it returns, but uh, to have that all go away certainly is difficult at this time, uh, coupled with all the other the difficulties that we're all going through. Stephen Reif tweets, and he says, Seriously, so bad that I YouTubed the full game of March fifth, two 2004. That was the brawl game between Ottawa and Philadelphia on Friday. He says it was the Ottawa broadcast, but loved seeing some of those players on the ice again and didn't realize how long Chara actually has been playing in the league. He's desperate for hockey as well. And Linda Hoffman, our final tweet, uh, tends to note it and says, In my head, we're on another win streak. Patrick is back and the Flyers are going to the Cup. But in reality, I stare at the TV and have no idea what to watch. You know, I'm finding the same thing. I'm trying to figure out what to watch, and you always have a game on. Even if the Flyers aren't playing, boom, you can watch the Islanders, you can watch the Rangers, you can watch the Caps or the Penguins or any game. You can watch Edmonton Oilers and uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl take on Calgary and Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau and, and that whole thing. And there's none of it right now. And it's incredibly difficult to find something that meets that same level of entertainment 
than the sport that you love. Everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. We'll bring you another episode, a, a player profile on Wednesday. The player, Justin Braun. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, and we'll talk to you next time. I won't be alone Watch as she lies silent For soon that will be gone Oh, I will stand arms outstretched Pretend I'm free to roam